Hey Connor, what do you get when you cross Satanism and an antisocial bum? Definitely not role playing games. Hey Connor, what do you get when you cross Satanism with an antisocial bum? Not role playing games. Hold up though. Is it a role playing gamer? No. Or is it role playing games? You do. Because it's a. This is, this is the problem I was having. I don't want it to say a role-playing gamer because that just sounds stupid. Well, I mean... No, because I didn't... No, but if, it's like... If I would have said being a Satanist. If I, What do you get when you cross a Satanist with an antisocial bum? Okay. Well, but to get an antisocial bum and Satanism... Like, if you... Well, I know. I, okay, I see it, actually. It's like, if an antisocial bum plays role-playing games or, or becomes, you know, Satan-possessed or worships Satan, obviously... He's going to be playing role-playing games. I see how... All right, that's, then you can make the connection. <laughs> that's going in the woodworks. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's recording. No, hold up. Now we can go... Boop, 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 boop. That's what we're going to do for the very beginning. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, come on. This should be like... Boop, 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 boop. Hold up. <laughs> okay, I can, I can see how that works. No. It's funny as a Um... No, that entire thing should be the real intro. No. Okay. This is... <laughs> this is the Christian artist. <laughs> Connor, you don't eat a candy bar while we're trying to do an intro. That must be less than 10 cents. How much did it cost you? Nine cents. For that candy bar? I think so. For just that candy bar? Mm-hmm. So they don't have the whole... Each of them are now nine cents. Oh, that's lame. Yeah. I actually have to pay a considerable amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I got For 65 cents, you get six of them. That's still pretty that's, good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. This is the Christian Artist. Ha <laughs> ha! Eat it, Caleb. Eat it from my water bottle. <clears throat> Ready yet? <laughs> wow! It sounds like a machine in there. There's <laughs> <laughs> a machine in there. It's called my mouth. <laughs> There's a machine called a mouth in my mouth. By the way, I figured out how to fix my house and arc. You know what I'm gonna do? In what? In arc. No, no, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fix my house. Right? In park, and I was like, what? I'm gonna put two more foundation at the edge of my walls. Mm-hmm. Then I'm just gonna make two more walls. So three layers of walls. I figured if there was two layers of walls, people would be like, oh, so if I get through this two layers of walls, then obviously it's going to be something great. But as soon as I get past a second layer of walls, it's going to be like, is, this, is there even anything in here? And then they're just going to leave. Yeah. And then I'm just going to keep a bunch of camo, can't, can't be whatever Campisaurus is in there. I'm just going to keep like five in there. So as soon as they get there, they're just like, ah! That'd be great. That's hilarious. That'd be so much fun. All right, go ahead. This is the Christian Artist. Honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Connor. My name is Caleb. This is the...
33rd episode. 33rd episode of the Christian Artist. Uh, today we're going to talk about a... We're going to talk about a terrible brother named Chase, who is standing outside of our door and coughing. Instead of respecting our... Uh, the fact that we're making a podcast right now and take six yeah this is the christian artist honoring christ through creativity my name is connor my name is caleb sorry that over again i bucked the table on next time take seven <laughs> we're gonna have so many blueberries <laughs> The Christian artist, honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. Welcome to the 33rd episode of The Christian Artist. Today we're going to be talking about RPGs, or otherwise known as role-playing games. Yeah. Which we probably should have done a long time ago, but we just really... To be honest, our, the 27th episode was going to be about games, but uh, the mm. we had a problem with the mic. Right. I didn't have it at the right setting, so I had yeah. to scrap the whole episode. Yeah. So we're just going to be talking about role-playing games today, specifically just role-playing games. Um, we're going to take you through the history of RPGs. Um, brief our, history. A br- well, a brief history. Like, we're just going to say a few tidbits of trivia that we know, basically. Yep. Then we're going to go through just what RPG, uh, our history... Means of, to yeah, us. What our RPG means to us and what we've done with it over the years. And then we're just going to tell you why you need to be playing RPGs exactly. and why and, they are great yep. and great for you, mm-hmm. like good for the soul. Well, at least good for the mind. <laughs> well, no, good for the soul. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll see if that's the truth later on in the episode. What did Jesus do when he was tired of preaching to people? He went up to a mountain and played RPG with God and the Holy Spirit. I don't remember that. I guarantee that's what happened. Judas? (laughs) (laughs) No. It's the, uh, it's the, uh, behind the scenes, behind the scenes special (laughs) episode of the Bible. Special edition. (laughs) The appendices. Yeah, the appendices of the Bible. Yeah. Publis posthumously. (laughs) (laughs) What? After all the apostles Uh, died, one of the sons of the apostles was like oh hey there's this unfinished work and then I'm gonna edit it and, and put it up and there you go and I'm gonna call it the children of Huron oh wait that was uh, Christopher Tolkien and J.R.R. Tolkien and the Silmarillion actually do you know that it only came out after he died really yeah Christopher Tolkien his son edited it and like his notes and put it together he edited it he edited it yes alright so to take you through RPG's history, we don't know the actual origins of RPG. I'm sure you can look it but, up with uh, a Google search, but we're too lazy to do that right now. But we're, we're basically just going to give you a brief um, little tidbit about basically where the hobby as a popular hobby actually started. Uh, 1977. Well, first, yeah, let, first let's define RPG, though. Like, What, what are we talking oh, about right, when we right. say that's RPG? A good idea. So, as I said, you know, it's role-playing games, and that's the name of the episode, so you'll probably know what RPG stands for. But basically, I like to explain role-playing games as a, as a mix between a board game and a collaborative storytelling experience. And what I mean by that is... Um, Something really complicated. It's, no, it's, it's really, not, it sounds it's really like. not that complicated. Basically, um, you're pl- you, you, you play board games, I'm sure. Um, it's a combination of that kind of aesthetic where you have like a map in front of you with squares and you can move pieces on these squares and that's like the battle map or whatever. Um, and then 
you're telling a and, and that, that, that you know that's for battles and whatnot and most of the time well, when you're not in a battle yeah. you're probably not going to use the miniatures is what they're called the, or a map the map and the miniatures are just to to know for strategy it, yeah for strategy to be able to see everything around you when you're in a combat well yeah but it could also be used out of combat if you need it that's true like if anything like we've used just entire maps before and we haven't been putting pieces along them, but we've used entire maps before. It's just to, to be able to visualize it in your head. So, yeah. like, let's say I'm in a room, and we just wanted to... I, I'm in a library looking for a, a very specific book, and I'm under a time... Like a time limit. Time limit. And, and you're I like, just, all right, I'm going yeah. to look in these specific and you, places. Yeah. And you know exactly where the... You're the DM, or the, the GM. You're the game master. You know what's going on. You decide what's what's happening and stuff like that. And I'm the player. And I'd be like, hey, I'm going to look here, here, and here. What if I find the book, then you tell me. Uh, kind of a deal. Yeah. And so what I mean by like mixing it with collaborative storytelling experience is basically um, you and whoever else is playing with you. So there's usually, usually, there are some role-playing games that don't have a game master or a dungeon master or a narrator. They're all the same thing. Um, and... Some of those systems will just have players and, like, the game will decide what happens or whatever based on what system you're doing. Um, or all of you collectively will. But mo in most situations... You know what I mean by the game is not, like, a Ouija board, kind of, like, let the game decide. <laughs> it's like... That's basically like it's how, written in the rules of, like, what happens yeah. next. Like, you roll a die or the, the game, the book says... Like a board game. You step know? two is this. Like, yeah... yeah. Or not some, some mystical thing the game decides. <laughs> um, but basically, um, light a torch and if you if you say the really long explanation, <laughs> just just stop. Um, basically, the way it usually works is there's one character who's or one person who is a narrator, and all of the other players in the game are characters. And so each of you have created your own character on you know sheets of paper, written down their statistics, like what they're good at, and you know their strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. And so the game master slash narrator will lead you through a scenario and set up, okay, what's happening? And then you as players will decide what you do. And then a GM describes what happened based on that, and then he sets up another scenario, and then you react to that. Basically, it's a back and forth all the way through until um, you don't necessarily win unless there's a specific mission you're trying to accomplish or whatever. And some games do definitely have that, but a lot of times you're just kind of randomly walking around doing whatever you want to do. Basically, an RPG game is everybody makes characters, pretends that they are them, as in acting, like, on a play, uh -huh. except instead of us going around and dramatically singing, we're simply acting like those characters in real-life situations that we're making up in our heads. Yes. Or drawing Basically, it's make-believe for grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> That's the simplest definition you can get. Um, and so we'll, we'll get more into why we think role-playing games are awesome um, later on in the podcast, but we'll just give you a brief history of like where they originated now. So basically, 1977 um, is a, is, was the year that it really took off. Um, and so a little bit before that, there was a game, um, a miniatures game, called... Um, Chainmail. And basically, um, Gary Gygax and some of his friends... Um, it's a weird name. Yeah, I know. It's a cool name. Gary Gygax and some of his friends got together and were like, "Oh, hey, you know this, this, uh, you know this miniatures game that everybody's getting interested in." With you know, they were doing like war games and having like you know World War II reenactment kind of thing, like with um, like 
pieces on boards and, and going back and forth and having statistics for all of them and having them fight and stuff like that and reenacting, you know, popular battles in World War II, stuff like that. Um, and then they, were, they decided that, hey, let's do the same thing except with, you know, a fantasy setting, so like Lord of the Rings style. And so they, you know, had elves and dwarves and orcs and goblins and all that stuff, and then they, you know, made little miniature figures and had them fight each other in, you know, big battles. But then Gary Gygax got the idea, and I think Dave Arneson was the other guy who was involved in it. Correct me if I'm wrong with that. I'll put it in the liner notes. I'm talking to the little listeners. Um, basically, they got together and were like, hey, let's do this, except instead of controlling entire armies or war bands or whatever, you control, each player controls one person, and then the game ma- there's one other person who, dis- who plays everyone else, and you run them through scenarios and adventures and dungeons and stuff like that. And so they got together, did that, and that became Dungeons & Dragons, the most popular role-playing game of all time. Had gone through multiple different iterations, starting with the basic Dungeons & Dragons into 2nd edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, into 3rd edition, and then 3.5 edition, and then 4th edition. Finally, 5th edition is the most recent edition to come out. Um, the one we've most played is 3.5 edition, um, though I'm not sure if I would recommend that as a place to start, simply because it is kind of complicated compared to 5th edition. Um, I, I would say the 5th edition might be a really good place to start if you're looking to get into D- Dungeons & Dragons, because it's very streamlined rules. We haven't played it a whole lot, but it is very, very simplified in a and good way. And it's very story-based. Very story-based. Uh, where 3.5 is more game-based. More crunch-based. Yeah. Like the statistics and all the specific rules of combat and all that stuff. Um, but I would say never play 4th edition, because that's basically that just silly. World of Warcraft, except a, a game. Uh, it's really silly. Game. It's really silly. silly. Um, at least that's our personal opinion. If and, you yeah. like fourth edition, Dungeons and Dragons, just yeah. don't get that. What, what we mean by that is when we play a role playing game, we're not looking for like combat. We're, well, like, ooh, cool yeah. actions, cool powers, all that stuff. We're looking we're, for realism. Like, we're looking for realism in a, a story. If if you can give, if I can give you a great story while doing this game, then I have I have done a great job. It's like making an action movie and still giving you a great story. Yeah. Except... So, like, Lord of the Rings. Role-playing game. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's the ultimate... The ultimate of ultimates for a fantasy story is, yeah. you know, Lord of the Rings and the way that there's an, a, ma- a massive epic story with very important like characters that you really, really like going through important situations but also having awesome combat and crazy monsters and all that stuff that makes a good Dungeons & Dragons game. Um... And so from there, 1977 kicked off this huge hype of Dungeons & Dragons, which of course kicked off another whole movement of we hate Dungeons & Dragons and let's ban it because, you know, some people said it was satanic and, um, you know... Which I've never heard the the actual argument for. Maybe I have heard the the actual actual argument. The actual argument is that, oh, okay, you're having your... You're pretending to cast spells and doing witchcraft or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, basically. And a lot of people are were concerned, like conservative Christians, were concerned about um, getting so immersed in your character. Yeah, that, that I like heard, I heard that yeah. argument, but I was like, that's fake, right? Like, no, that's not a, like okay. So that was the actual argument. There's a chick tract about it. It's really ridiculous, and I, it was actually I thought really, it was a joke. Really hilarious. Oh no, the chi- um, a a group of like gamers got together and, and filmmakers got together um, and kickstarted a. a a film based on that chick tract 
like, and then they're gonna make a f- whole film about the dangers of Dungeons and Dragons and make like just make fun of oh, it all the way so through. Oh, that's so great! And obviously, I probably wouldn't watch it because it's probably rampant with inappropriate jokes. No, oh, but probably, it's yeah. still that's a, that's a funny thing. We should do a cleaner. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> what we're what we're trying to say with this is that if you can come up with any any type of argument besides. If you get too attached to your character, it's evil. Or you're pretending to, to pretend. be a Satanist. <laughs> you're pretending to do something that's pretend. See, this is the thing. Though. Obviously, the Bible says not to do witchcraft. That's an obvious thing. Yeah. And so I would say that, okay, we don't want to... I would never want to play a character who is, like, summoning demons and getting super involved in the ritualistic side of well, magic yeah. or whatever. Because but but I'm I'm completely okay with all of those being villains. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm okay with that being in Dungeons and Dragons game as long as we're killing them. Like Well yeah, I mean if we're all playing evil characters who summon demons, I mean first of all that wouldn't <laughs> be fun. Up. That would just be kind of kinda of boring if we're just going around killing random people. But uh if we're, if we're turning to GTA five and no one wants to do no. that. Well, except everybody. Yeah, and uh, no one should want to do yeah. that. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So obviously, yeah, we're not... By by saying that RPG games are great and we're supporting Dungeons & Dragons, we're not saying that we're, you know... We want you all to become Satanists yeah, and witchcraft. And we're not saying go summon demons or play Ouija boards. Because and, and this is the different. thing. I am sure, I am positive, there are some weird people out there who use Dungeons & Dragons to fuel their already prominent interest in witchcraft and Satanism. Oh, sure. Dude, if but I was a Satanist, I'd be like, hey, yeah. I can I can make extremely... Well, I mean, and take it this way. is With RPG, you can literally do anything because the limit is your imagination. And that's the thing. Dungeons & Dragons was only the start of it. There are thousands of other RPGs now that cover so many different settings, so many different gameplay types. And, and the point is not, hey, let's pick this RPG and follow it to the point, to, to the, you know, to the letter. The, the point is to make story, like, just to take the system, take the idea of the game, and turn it into whatever you want. And that's what everybody did by making hundreds and thousands of other RPG games. Mm-hmm. Is by, they took something that was in a specific setting, and they took it and put it into a bunch of different settings. But you can do that anyway, just by taking the D&D system, and saying, a fighter is a soldier. Um... A thief is a spy. Like that, you. But that's you the don't thing. To, I would yeah. say don't do that. with Dungeons and Dragons, just because it's it's very specific for a specific yeah. type of thing. There are it lots is. of other role playing games out there that I think would do that kind of thing much yeah. much better. No, I um, agree. What I'm what I'm saying is that you, the the point is not, you know, we, you we have, have to do to everything Dungeons and Dragons. The yeah. point is RPGs. This, this are is a so, sandbox, and yes. you can do whatever you want with it. RPGs are not meant to put you in a box and force you to stay there. The point is, is it give you a box that you can play in and then you can, it gives you extra sand in another box where you can just make more stuff to your heart's content. I would say it, it, it drops you in a desert and gives you tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Let's say like a, like a, you know, like a tropical island because that sounds cooler than a desert. Drops you in the wilderness and gives yeah, you tools. That, yeah, yeah. Gives you like a hunting rifle and you know like an entire tree I think we're house. taking this analogy into a weird place. Um, so basically, what we're saying is obviously there are some people who would take Dungeons and Dragons and make it into something that it's not meant to be. But 
literally they would do that with anything. They're already interested in those kind of things. I, I sincerely doubt that anyone just coming into playing Dungeons & Dragons, unless they are being influenced by other people who already have a fascination with witchcraft, would ever be influenced to want to actually try witchcraft in real life. And that would be our warning if you wanted to take up RPG, is to make sure that the You're people... You're doing it you, with the right people. Yeah, the people you play it with are, you know... Incredibly important. Yeah. Like, we only play role-playing games with like our close group of friends. Well, that's because that's because they're the only people, people interested in it. Yeah. But like, I did do a role play, like just one session of a role playing game with some people from my college. I would not do it again. One because they were they literally swore like every other breath, and it was just so annoying the whole time. But it's just like I don't have the same values as them, and it would just turn into. And we were playing an evil campaign. Oh, and I was just <laughs> like, eh, yeah, this is not for me. So. My character was super interesting, though. I was a, a cleric who was part of a religion that let me do one sin, but then I was forbidden to do ev any other sin. Like, each, there's specific sects of the religion that you can do one specific sin, and I was of the, the, the sect that you could kill people, but you couldn't do anything else. Huh. So I couldn't steal at all. That's and so the whole the, time I was giving oh, away loot. <laughs> that's seriously the coolest bad guy ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so proud for thinking of that. Oh, that's the greatest. That's like... Oh, that's the greatest. We need to make a bad guy in anything who could do the same thing. Mm -hmm. only do oh, I'm gonna, write, I'm gonna write a oh. book about that guy, man. Oh, that's so cool. Alright. So yeah, I mean, right there, we have just <laughs> made up a cool story, and the game, the RPG game, whatever RPG game you want to play, you can put that character in there, and instantly, you've made a cool story mm -hmm. already. And then you take that person's character and continue them on an, an evolving and you, story. And you put it up, put together with like three or four other characters, and then and you, you literally have intertwine a, all the yeah. stories, and you have a a, a book, you yeah, know, kind of thing. Yeah, you have like a movie inside your head. Yep. And so, um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons took off. It, so many people were playing it. It was a crazy, crazy thing that just everywhere um, it boomed. Um, Boom. Well, I mean, it wasn't that like everyone was playing them. It was oh. just that uh, an entire new stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> an entire new hobby was born. Is what I meant by that. <laughs> and so this is, and this is where we come in. So 2002, around then, um, I'm seven years old. Connor is four. Um, and our dad has been an avid fantasy reader for many, 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 many years. And, and he, he did play a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons back in the day. He tried to start up a campaign with some of his friends, but it, they just never, you know, it never took off. But he was, he read like the Shannara series, um. Which is now a TV series. It is a TV case series. You're we just watched the first episode and it was pretty cool. I liked it. It was very sketchy though. And like, no, it wasn't very places. sketchy. It was in, kind of sketchy. A couple places. If, it wasn't randomly it, sketchy. Yes. That's the thing. If you're going to watch it, just be keep, keep a remote on you. <laughs> yeah, keep a remote on you. Just, just but that's with most shows. Kind of fast forward like 10, 15 seconds in two places. Um, but so you know, the Dad's read the all of like R. I. Salvatore's books, the Dragonlance series, the Shannara series, the Bulgariad series, Lord of the Rings, all that stuff. 
um, The Hobbit, you know, all, all of that stuff. And so he had been, you know, telling us stories while we were camping for years now and, you know, getting us into those books and stuff like that. Um, took us to see Lord of the Rings in 2001, The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I was three. He was, Connor was three and I was six. Best thing ever. And so we had already have a, had a love of fantasy, but then Dad was like, hey, let's do this Dungeons and Dragons thing. And, you know, it really wasn't the real Dungeons and Dragons oh, game. No. Basically, we got we got some of the miniatures from, you know, online or whatever on eBay. And my dad had a map that he found online, and he just was like, hey, let's tell a story. And so I was a troglodyte, which is like a lizard man thing. And Connor was a stone child, which is like a really bulky, like, guy made out of stone. <laughs> and we just went into this vampire crypt and um, met a vampire. And he tried biting Connor, but he couldn't because he was made of stone. <laughs> And so that's all I remember. Teeth. Yeah, that's all I remember, too. I, no, I remember that I picked him up and threw him outside. You threw him outside and he burned out yeah. the sun. Yeah. We, he, Dad kept asking us, how do you kill a vampire? And we are like, Dad, we don't know. And then he eventually <laughs> told us, it's sunlight and wooden stakes. Come on, guys. And so he picked him up and threw him outside. And, and that's because yeah. Dad was also an avid um, interest, interest in vampire lore yeah. as well. Yep. <laughs> And so it was, it was very interesting because, like, that was the tipping point of, well, hey, we don't have to read these stories. We can make up these stories. And so Connor and I would play with those miniatures for hours and hours and hours. And we'd make up our own stories. And then finally, I decided, hey, I want to make up my own role-playing system. And I did at the age of eight <laughs> and got some of our friends to play it. Connor and our friend Danny and our friend Trevor. And we... I'm trying to remember the characters. It was... It, it, the first RPG session we ever did was at Danny Pratt's house. At Danny Pratt's house. And he made some sort of... He, he like, drew his own character. He yeah. made some sort of really weird pig creature. Pig creature that had, like, a metal arm. Yeah, he had a metal arm, and he was the only person... They were the only race that could drink a certain um, thing at the, at the bar. Firebelly Ale. It was fire, Firebelly Ale. Mm -hmm. He was the only... It was the only race that could drink could, that It was certain, so str such yeah. strong alcohol yeah. that he was the only uh, person that could drink it. That was good times. But, uh, we were depraved even as children. Yes. <laughs> That's why it's very important you pick and choose the right people to play with kids. Um, Obviously, don't choose us. Yeah. Well, well I'm kidding. Kids. No, I'm kidding. No. No, we're fine now. I mean. But yeah. Um, and I was... Now I don't remember what I was. Um, I think I was a stone child. Were you? I think I was. I don't remember. All I remember is that you captured a goblin. Yeah, we captured a goblin and, and named him... Gobby or something? Uh, yeah, I think it was Gobby. And then... No, he, no, he that's a, Harry Potter. No, it's Dobby. Oh. It was some stupid name like Gobby yeah, or something was, like that. Yeah, it was really dumb. But basically, they had they had to make a make them... They made the goblin their cook. Yeah. <laughs> All of our food. I don't know why that was a good idea, but <laughs> well, we made sure we told him that if he, you know, poisoned any of our food, you know, we'd kill him. So <laughs> I don't know if we're giving a good name to role playing games right now. Hey, we we were very small children. <laughs> very well, not very, very small boys. We were very we small were boys. Violence and, and we was thought, a thing. We thought that was the funniest and coolest thing ever. <laughs> and if you have boys. You know that this is exactly what the same yeah. thing that they would do, and I mean, and then we had Trevor Marsden join, and he was an archer. Yeah, remember that. And basically, like, 
we had the six-sided dice that we'd always use to roll um, the stats and stuff like that for what you did. And I just made it up off the top of my head what you needed to roll for any situation. And they went on and had so many different adventures and went all over the place, met so many different characters. I don't even remember where it ended up. It was just the weirdest thing. Um, and that was the beginning of our lifelong obsession with role-playing games. And so from there, we did... Um, I actually got the Dungeons & Dragons 2.5 rules because I was like, hey, well, I'm just making this up. It's starting to not make any sense anymore. Let's see if I can actually get a real system and then, you know, figure out how it works. And it was funny because, like, the first time I was reading through the Player's Handbook at 3.5, I was like, why are they getting so many skills? This is so stupid. Like, they're, they're so powerful. But that's because, like, literally all of our characters were the weakest thing ever in all of the other RPGs we were doing. And it was just the funniest thing to watch them all fail all the time. And so I was just like, why are they so good at everything in this game? Like, I don't want them to be good at everything. But then I finally got over it and had you make actual characters. And so, you know, um, we got, you know, another group together. Um, by that was the first D&D session we ever did? The first D&D session, the first D&D campaign we ever did was with, um, was Aaron, Twin Face, that's what I called it. And it was, you were a drill cleric. Really? That was yes. the first one we ever did? That was the first campaign, at the very least. Okay. I don't know. It might, we might have done a session before that, but the All first right. campaign we did with 3.5, um, you were a Drow Cleric. Drow Cleric. Um, Ian O'Rourke was a gnome wizard. Uh, Jared was a... Earth Shagunja slash fighter. Oh, oh, I remember that, yeah. Which was basically like... Earth Elemental the Earth. Yeah, yeah. you move the Earth. And then slash, he was good at swords. Yeah. And then we had, let's see, Trevor Sigmund as Elf Ranger, Tarathiel Nightstalker. Ah. Yeah, yeah, the good old Tarathiel. Good old Tarathiel. And then we had, uh, I know we had one other person. It was Ian and Jared, right? Seth. Seth. And then Seth was Grimjaw the Barbarian. Grimjaw. <laughs> I remember that. Now Grimjaw, Grimjaw. Grimjaw? Grimjaw. Grimjaw. Grim? J-O-W. Grimjaw. Grimjaw. And I learned later that that was just an anime character that he just totally blatantly spelled the name mm. from. But at the time, I had no idea. And I was just like, wow, cool name. <laughs> but they basically, the first like mission you ever had was to go capture a shocker lizard for... Um, oh, I remember that. All we had to do was capture the lizard. <laughs> and you oh, almost died. It was died. so great, yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, it was because they like were owned by pirates, right? Well, you had to go through a dungeon. Well, yeah. To get to it. And it was the last room in the dungeon, of course. Oh, duh. So you Maybe. fought a bunch of orcs. For some reason, they're all in there. And then the last room in the dungeon is the Shocker Lizard. It's like a CR2. And then you almost died because it shocked you guys to death. Almost. Oh, wow. And then you finally captured it because he had this special cage. The merchant gave me this special cage that was over resistant to electricity. So yeah, as long as you got the Shocker Lizard in the cage, you can shock you. And then you brought him back. And then... Ian got a message from his Gnomish Academy of Magic that it was in trouble. And so he's like, hey, we need to build an airship. And so... I remember me that, being, yeah. Me being the bad DM I was, I was like, oh, well, it doesn't cost that much to build an airship, right? And so you built an airship and then flew to the Gnomish Academy of Magic where you crashed and then got stuck that, yep. in, in the dungeon having to fight a bunch of magical constructs. And then you met the best character of all time, Jimmy Doe, who is basically a shrunken head that talks, and it's a magical artifact that, like, it has, it's sentient, and it just 
It's been part of every single role-playing game since. Basically, it's just a head that talks about meat all the time. Just a little head. Salted pork! Yep. And we every, every time we would feed him any type of meat, it would just go through and... I mean, Come right out. Yeah, you know, I guess there's, there's nothing there. So for it to go. <laughs> you should just, just drop back out. And, but he enjoyed it. avid taste buds. Yeah. Very avid taste buds. But we're getting way too into just reminiscing yeah. now. Um, basically, you own, if you by listening to that story, you already understand that we were we loved yeah, it. Like it and was we were, so engaging to us. And we were young boys. And so it was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Oh, obviously it was ridiculous. No, but we I, like there's literally nothing more that young boys can enjoy than ma- using their imagination in a system that actually makes sense and works mm-hmm. to fight orcs. And capture goblins and make them cook you food. And this is the thing. And, and it was awesome too because our parents were like, "Totally, you can totally do this as long as you want." Because at least they're not playing video games, and we're yeah. like, "Yes!" And we totally fooled them. Into <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, pretending, pretending we were actually doing something productive with our lives. Well, no, but I know, we were doing. Something I'm kidding. Productive. It was a joke. We were enjoying our, ourselves. Know, we were exactly. having Christian fellowship. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, it wasn't very Christian back then. Yeah, we were just kids, yeah. but. Um, and so I'll give you a brief history of like what we've done since then. So we've done, we started, that didn't last super long. We kind of ended the campaign, but then we started another campaign, um, based on like an actual magazine series called Dungeon Magazine, which is, has like an adventure path in, in the magazine, like in different issues. And so it leads you through all these different, different adventures until the end of the big story. And so I started that with, with the same, with the same group of people, more or less, um, and, you know, started it like that and went through... And that's still going. That's called Savage Tide, and it's still going to this day. We just did a session of it a couple weeks ago. Um, and we're very slowly finishing it, one and, session at a time. And the reason for that is, uh, you know, we... Most all, of the people moved yeah. away. Well not, well, not moved away. They went to college, so... Well, Lance is one of the Lance, Lance went to college. I guess Lance is the real reason. Yeah, Lance is really the real reason, yeah. <laughs> The rest of us are still in Janesville, but we, I mean, we're so busy that yeah. getting all of us in the same place at the same time for, exactly. you know, at least six hours is a And the problem is we've made all of our characters so important to the plot that it it doesn't make any sense for us to not do it when all of us can be there. Because yeah. It's, yeah. So, um, so I, and we started that in 2010. And so that's a long time ago. That's almost, it will be, it's five and a half years yep. now since we started it. And we're still going on with it. So that's the influence it's had on us for, for that. Um, and then, let's see, about 2013? Was that when we started doing Mistborn? Something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. Well, we, we started doing just a bunch of different other RPGs. No, we've... I think Mistborn was the first one we actually tried outside of D&D. No. No, there's no way. Oh, D20. We did 20. D20. D20 but I don't, I don't really count that because okay. it's basically the same system yeah. except in a modern setting. So then we, we tried one that the the people, well, just mostly fan base, but also the person who made the Mistborn trilogy and is still making more Mistborn books. Brandon um, Sanderson, who we've talked about before in this yeah. podcast. He, he wrote a trilogy of fantasy books and a bunch of people got on the bandwagon, got a hold of Brandon Sanderson, and together they made an RPG. Um, very loosely with Brandon Sanderson, but still enough where he had a say in it, and he 
I don't, I don't know if how much he designed of the game, but he definitely gave them a lot of info on how to balance world, everything. And, stuff and like yeah, um, so there was that and that Star is, Wars is the other thing. Star Wars. We also that was did the other Star main Wars one stuff, that yeah. we did. We did a lot of um, small Star Wars campaigns, yeah. and it was Star Wars Saga Edition is the game we were using. Mm-hmm. And in, I mean, we were just love Star yeah, Wars I mean, too, and so why not? Um, and so basically, we were feeding our our two favorite things ever. Uh, fantasy and science fiction with those role-playing games. And so whenever we were obsessed with science fiction, we'd play a Star Wars game. Whenever we were obsessed with fantasy, we'd play a Dun- Dun- Dungeons & Dragons game. And then as we got on uh, later on in our lives, um, just a few years ago now, I guess, we started branching out to other systems and starting to look at the plethora of different role-playing games there are out there. And, and when you look at how many role-playing games there are out there, there are so many of them. And I didn't realize how incredibly, like, out there all all of these different things are. Like, it's a whole big thing, and there's so many different systems. And so we tried um, games like Mistborn Adventure Game, um, the Hero System, and Fate, um, Burning Wheel, all of that stuff. And as we're getting later on in our role-playing history or whatever... We're starting to get a lot more focused on the story and a lot less focused on the specific game that we're doing. Um, obviously, the the crunch is in, important, and it's it's fun to figure out a new rule system. Like that's one of my favorite things to do in life. Um, if I had, it's probably my top twenty five favorite things to do is to figure out a new role playing system. <laughs> I'm not even kidding about that. It just it, it hits a part of my brain that's like that likes math. You know what I mean? Like the, the the one part of my brain that likes the crunchiness or the you know the logic based rulesy kind of part of my brain. That's the only part of my brain that likes that kind of stuff is what it has to do with role playing. Because um, I I love figuring out. It's like, oh hey, how do they manage this in this role playing game? Oh, that's an interesting way to do it. And then if you haven't if you followed my blog um, at killempowers.com, you may have seen a couple posts about um, the. The, the project that we undertook starting this last summer um, called Astoria, and, you know, the Greek word for history. And basically what we set out to do was create a... Um, well, it started off with just being a campaign, basically, that involved creating a world and then playing campaigns inside the world as the history went on, um, using different role-playing systems based on whatever we wanted to do with it. But then it eventually evolved into, hey, let's make our own role-playing system and mix it with this idea of building world and make like an entire system based on that. And so that's what we've been doing this, this past year, 2015 was a big year for that. And so, um, me, Connor and our friend David, and you heard David on the podcast before, which we need to get him on the podcast again. Yeah, definitely. We should have had him on this this one. one. (laughs) I just realized that. Oops. We'll have to do another one about role play games sometime. Well, I mean, we probably should. I mean, this is the only one we've done that's specifically about role play. We should do another one about role-playing games as storytelling tools. Yeah. And talk about using that as fuel for your creative f- fiction. Okay. That'd be a good one. Because that's basically what David and I do. Yeah. Like, the most. <laughs> um, but so, you know, that's a well, major pro- thing that we're say, doing. Hold up, too, though. We, so. we could cover that in, like, two sentences. If you get four people together and that all make really interesting characters, and... Um, then the fifth person, the, the game master, decides what happens in the story, and depending on you know what the characters choose, you literally have a story right there. Mm-hmm. I mean that, that's that's 
what got Caleb into writing was basically that is so many. It was a mix of two different things. Basically, it was a mix of role playing games, um, specifically Dungeons and Dragons, that that Savage Tide campaign we were doing, and the characters from that campaign, and the dynamicness of their relationships. That mixed with reading Brandon Sanderson and wanting to do it, like I, I just like this is what I want to do with my life. Like those mix. That mix of things, I was like, I want to write books like this, except with my characters. And then I listened to Writing Excuses, and then it was all over from there. And then I basically decided what I wanted to do with the rest of my life um, over the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, basically, I wouldn't say that it's a good idea to wholeheartedly take stories from role-playing games and just make them into a book. Because, and there's actually a Writing Excuses episode on this, If and I'll put it in the liner notes, but... Um, of how the the characters are so tied to the players that were playing them that it, it often just doesn't work to try to put them into a situation. And often, it's so silly with some of the stuff that happens, well, and, that and it doesn't make any sense. That just depends on the people. I know, but like most role-playing games will have some sort of silly thing that really shouldn't happen. Or like just the logical sense of a lot of role-playing games doesn't, make, doesn't follow. Especially if you're doing a Dungeons & Dragons, because... The whole economic system doesn't make any sense in that game. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I would say just specifically Dungeons & Dragons. Like, the rest of the RPGs that we've really gotten into have been about the story. That's very and true. that's why. But, but I still so think good. that it'd probably be better to t use that and basically say, okay, this is fuel for a story. Yeah. And say, all right, well, this story we just yeah, made about these two to... mercenaries, I'm not going to use everything from what we did in the role-playing game. Yeah. But, okay, I'm going to cannibalize this and then write a story based on that whole feel of what we did. If you just wrote a story about what you guys did on an RPG, it would come off as a documentary. Yeah. And that just, that wouldn't be a story. Mm -hmm. And then you would be writing halfway through and be like, what does character really do this here? Or exactly. you would want to change the character a little bit, mm -hmm. give him something, you know, maybe the character just wasn't as interesting as you wanted him to yep. be. This is exactly what happened to me when I was writing the Proenati, the first book of the Proenati, which is based on the Dungeons and Dragons characters that we did. Um, for one, I had to completely change the setting because it didn't make any sense to be in the Dungeons and Dragons setting because Dungeons and Dragons is not a good place to tell a, a, a trying to make sense story um, or a story that's trying to make sense. That's a better way to phrase that. And also, um, specifically for Nimlar's character. Um, when you actually look at his character in the role-playing game, in, in our Savage Tide sessions, he's actually completely bland. Like, he has no actual character. He's he's just, the archer. That's yeah. all he is. But I had to give him a character when I wrote it, and so he ended up being this wisecracker. Like, he was the jokester and the... the he's an ENFP. He's like a out-there extrovert kind of a person. And um, he... That's not Lance at all. And that's... It, it changes the entire dynamic of the story. And because um, Dalis was kind of supposed to be the leader type of the the party, just because of who he was, it just makes sense. But Nimlar ended up being so dynamic and so obvious for a leader type that he kind of evolved into that as I wrote it. And so I had to rearrange all the different relationships. And there are also so many characters in the story that I was like, some of these characters have to go. And I'm still in the process of working that out, of how to write that story, because I do want to write it mainly because of the characters, but I'm willing to sacrifice anything from the original role-playing game to make a good story. And that's what I realized. Like, before I tried to tie it too closely to what we had made and didn't have, give myself enough freedom to change things. So when I go back to it, I'm definitely going to be changing a lot of things around. So, 
So just keep that in mind if you do um, like role-playing games or if you get into role-playing games based on this episode, which is awesome, please tell us if you do. Um, <laughs> yes, please. We want somebody to listen to us when we say, hey, you guys should do this. We want people to listen to our advice. Come on, guys. <laughs> That's the only reason we're making this podcast. Yeah, well, no. Well, why wouldn't we make this yeah. podcast if we don't want people to take our advice? Well, no, but it's not the sole reason we made Well, It is, though. <laughs> why would you make a podcast about Christian art that gives advice about Christian art if you didn't want people to take the advice. Yeah. <laughs> that just wasn't my initial mix if it was. Yeah, it was. It, it literally was. was. I mean, at least, at the very least, it's interesting to you, hopefully. Oh. To not yeah. take our advice. Just to be amused by it. Just like, ah, I'm not going to do that crap. <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> moving on to the actual... Um, structure of this episode what what were we doing well we were, we were going to talk about um so we basically just talked about our role-playing history yeah um but let's talk about specifically why we think role-playing games are awesome and why we think you should be playing them first of all um i'm not sure if this is an actual scientific study but the amount of people that have done this proves it to me outright yeah that Teaching, uh, having your kids play role-playing games, especially under your supervision. Yeah. Because then you can make an extremely interesting story, and it's not some, some punk kid telling the story. I would basically say one of the things you have to do with your children is play a role-playing game. Is play a role-playing game. At least game once. Like, and, and this is the thing. I know that some of you are like, but I don't want to play a role-playing game. Like, why? But this is the thing. Like, you know, it's so nerdy. Why would I ever want to do that? There is a role-playing game for everything. Literally everything. I just bought our friend David a role-playing game where you play as mice. <laughs> it's, it's called really Mouse Guard. Cool, actually, it's and really you play cool. as mice, and it takes ten thousand mice to kill a bear. Just a random fact right <laughs> there. And it, it it's like some. If your kid likes stories about anthropomorphic animals, play <laughs> Mouse Guard with them. That sounds like such an awesome idea. This is the thing. As we said before, it's make-believe for grown-ups. And so your kids... Kids always play make-believe. That's a thing you all... Well, they will always do. And, and if you want to experience that with them without getting out of sword and whacking them with it... Which you can do that, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> but That's it, awesome. It's like, instead of watching the same movie over and over and over again with them, instead you take the, the basic idea of that movie and make a story around that where you, those kids, they don't even have to make their own characters. Like, okay, let's say your little girl loves Frozen, like, to death. She just always loves Elsa, or just loves being Elsa. Then you just make an RPG where she gets to play as Elsa, mm -hmm. and you just let her do anything. And, and, okay, so guards come in the room. I freeze them, Daddy, I freeze them! And, okay. Coolest thing ever! <laughs> She's having, like, buttloads of fun already! Like, like what, what little girl, what little boy would not have... A, absolute ecstasy from pretending to be a Jedi or something that they just love and, and you, obviously you telling you base them it, what happens and making it, a cool story and they just go beat up stormtroopers yeah, as you base it on something that they're interested in so obviously yeah. um, I would say that if you are interested in fantasy and science fiction or stuff like that you should definitely encourage that interest in your kids because I think speculative fiction as a whole is one of the best things for humanity I think because it gets you it, it's the imagination genre 
And so it gets you thinking about things in different ways. Have you ever wondered why me and Caleb are so smart and like <laughs> and creative and, creative. And, yeah. and funny and why we're just better than you? <laughs> because we read fantasy and you don't. No, what I'm I not, what honestly tried to say is like me and Caleb the are always reason thinking we're, about things. The main we're, reason we're yeah. intelligent at all or creative at all is because we read speculative fiction and because we played role-playing games. Yeah. Yep. That's I mean, the reason. Like, if I had my way, I would say that role-playing games is considered as a class. Like, you could literally take a class of role-playing games at a young age. Yep. And then the rest of the, the years, it would just become a hobby because it was so much fun. Chase and I were just talking the other day. Like, I, I was trying to convince Mom to let her pay, have her pay me to teach Chase. Huh. Um, one of the things that we Which I would about, still do, like, man. Oh, I totally do We have a role-playing game class, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, totally, man. Um, and, and, and I was just thinking, okay, I had a dream a, a few nights ago where I, and th- this may sound weird, but I had a dream a few nights ago where I was raising a two-year-old daughter. That's the entire dream, was I was just playing with my two-year-old daughter and raising her. And it was one of the coolest dreams I've ever had because it made me want to have kids really, really badly because I was like, I just want to play with my kid really badly and and then i just started thinking about that all that stuff i'm like when i have kids i will play role-playing games with them and it will be the coolest thing ever and connor when you have kids we will have our kids together we will co-dm well no no what we're gonna do is since uh, we'll we'll have opposing parties and have them meet up yeah exactly (laughs) it may not opposing parties but just like like Rival what we did, yeah. What, what we did in um, Savage Tide, how there was our group and there was the Blue Raven, Jade, Ra- Jade, Gra- Ravens. Jade Ravens, and we, I mean, we were just the same parties under the same command, or two two different parties under the same command, and so we would do missions and they would do missions, and then we'd come back and tell them, and tell mock each other, yeah, <laughs> mock each other, tell each other of our you know awesome battles and stuff, and try to outdo each other, try to outdo each other. Um, one of our characters, Jared, tried flirting with one of the other party members. That didn't work out too well. No. No. Probably because Caleb was DMing it. <laughs> because there's no reason why he, she would have fell full for him. I mean, he was kind of fall a pirate. Just kind of a... Just a horrible base, person, Yeah, he's just really. a horrible pirate person. He matter. ended up betraying the entire party. Yeah, he ended Spoiler up being alert. turned into a rabbit, too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But basically, um, after like three hours of ritualistic rolling, yeah, yeah, no, like we we did the one whole, you know, like witchcraft ritual. Oh and, right. And ask the game what oh. to do. And there was yeah. the turn into a rabbit, and we're like, okay, turn oh, Jared into a rabbit. We fed him carrots the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, eat your carrot. <laughs> okay, can you? No pizza for you. Eat your <laughs> carrot. You know how funny that would be, though, if we actually made him eat carrots the rest of the night. But uh, it wouldn't have worked, though, because he, he had another character that came uh, Oh, yeah. So whenever he's rolling for his old character, he had to eat carrots. No. Um, but basically, backing up, the reason, one of the reasons we want, us, want, you, want to encourage you to... And we're saying this as if you have kids right now. Um, if you have kids or if you going are to going kids. to have kids... Or if you want consider, to, to have Consider kids. playing a role-playing game with them. And there are lots of role-playing games out there that are extremely simple. And you don't even have to use a system if they're young enough. Like, if, if you're, like, have your your four-year-old and five-year-old or whatever, 
a lot of times they're not going to want to play D and D three point five. It's going to be way too complicated for them. Just, just, but just tell make a up a story and have them decide. They do a choose your own adventure kind of a thing. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's all, all it is, role playing is games are. You're reading a book to them in which there's no paper. You just say what make happens, it up what happens. And they decide what their characters do. One time, uh, Connor and our dad and I, we just sat down on the couch and basically just did a what we call a story RPG, and we just. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Dad, uh, I was a, an Egyptian. Connor was a Greek sailor. and It was actually a historical RPG, too. It was. It was historical. And we were in Athens or whatever, and we just started... We, we got in this huge brouhaha. Oh, got, right. Got, we were trying to save a madam in distress. Yeah, and she ended up selling us into slavery on a... Trireme. On a trireme. Yeah. And we just had to try to escape. And... It was this huge thing, and it, and we met this captain called Captain Moniac, and he was this insane captain. And it was just so cool, because all we were doing was, Dad set up a scenario, there was no system involved, no rolling, Dad had set up a scenario, we decided what we did, Dad said if it worked. And obviously, as you get older, you'll want a system to make the, 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 the things more random, and then it introduces another layer of fun, because it can just be completely random, something that the DM would never come up with, it just happened with the rolls. And we're not saying, like, Jared turned into a rabbit. We're saying, like, oh, he rolls to jump over this thing, but he, he fails, and he falls on his face. And, you know, like, that that changes the story. Mm-hmm. Not by the, the DM thinking, oh, what if he fell down here? That would be cooler. It just happened. Then you guys have to um, cope with it yourselves. It's like in a movie when something bad goes wrong. When something when bad something, goes when wrong. When something bad happens... <laughs> In a movie, like, the plan is going perfectly, or the plan is really cool, and then something bad happens, and then the plan's even cooler because they have to make even cooler... They have to, they have to come up with an even better idea than they had before. Because and it problems. also puts less pressure on the narrator to have to come yeah. up with cool things all of the time. You can just let what happens be decided by the dice roll. And then, you know, hey, that's a cool idea. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if, you know, it ends up with one of the characters dying on the first session... You can obviously yeah. veto that. Like that's what the narrator's for is to make well, it a good story. Sorry, bud, you're dead. Get out of my house. Um, but yeah, so basically, one of the reasons we want uh, it's so important for role playing games to be a part of a childhood, we think at least, is because it encourages creativity and imagination. In and it is further on fun. into into childhood, older childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. It doesn't, because obviously they're always going to be playing make-believe when they're kids. But this encourages them to be creative and have imagination beyond that. Because it will let them grow up with, okay, this is a system that we can now apply to our make-believe. And then it feels more grown up. We're not just, because there's always a point in the child's life where they're going to be like, oh, this feels like stupid. You know, I I feel like a kid. I don't want to do this. It's childish. But then you give them a system and you're like, hey, I'm doing this and I'm your dad, you know. That feels more grown up to them. And then they're like, hey, yeah, let's make a story. Let's make a movie like Star Wars kind of a thing. And then that's cool. And also something I would say is if you're one of the parents who is like, get out of the basement and outside, you know, get some sunlight. Stop watching the TV. Okay, do a role-playing game outside. Well, <laughs> you no. can bring a table outside. Well, no, 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 what I was saying is then I know, just... have them play a role-playing game. Like, if you if you don't want your kids to be watching TV and playing video games all day, which is... Or, or texting on their phone all day, which yeah. is which is the definition of kids these days. That's yeah. like literally all they do. Either either force them to to play outside with their imagination, or give them a role playing game, mm-hmm. and say no, yeah, we're we're gonna do this today, and you are going to enjoy it because it's just that much fun. 
Exactly. And this is the thing. You shouldn't, like, pose it as, a, okay, I'm going to force you to do this now. It's just oh, like, hey, yeah, do you want to no. play a game? Like, yeah. this is a really cool thing that's Absolutely. really fun. Well, I, I was saying for the parents who are like, stop, you need to stop playing right, video right, games yeah. right now. I mean, it's just, you're done. Right. And, okay, and this is the thing. Um, one of the reasons why I think role-playing games are better than video games slash TV is, is because you have to you have to make it up yourself. Well, you have to make it up yourself, but mostly I'm thinking... Um, the social interaction part of it, oh, yeah, especially definitely. when you when it's like not just you and your one kid. If it's like well, you and your spouse, or you and um, well, your multiple kids or whatever, or we, we can get off of the kid and parent thing. Just you being with other of your other peers, your friends, you're getting that social interaction in in a way that you can't do. Obviously, you can play video games with your friend, but if you're both, if okay, you have a group of people who are all pitching in to come up with a cool story, try to make an uh, use your imagination to come up with interesting setting, characters, ideas, plots, and then have to problem solve. That's an awesome recipe for making really intelligent, creative people. Like, yeah. literally, that's what it does. And, and, and there's all it, these... It's essentially a think tank exactly. in kid mode. And, and this in, is the in thing. In fun mode. It's... it's um, Mind is completely it's a think tank oh. in fun mode. Um, there's this whole stigma of how you know Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games are so nerdy and like you're it's just all antisocial and you're sitting in the basement. And that's drinking because pop. we're intelligent and you're not. <laughs> I think it is. It's it's because people are too prideful to admit that nerds are more intelligent than them. But this is the thing, though. No, I'm just kidding. Like literally, what's the difference between being obsessed with sports? Well, or isn't. You, you know what I mean? Like, like obviously, you're getting a, m a little bit more athletic. You're, you're exercising yeah, your you're, body. You're exercising, but in this one, you're exercising of, your mind. Yeah, it, you're, and it's, it's just it's, as important. It's what you want to exercise: your body or your mind. And in both, you can do both. Mm -hmm. like, that's where LARPing comes in. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm saying like, <laughs> like just because I'm I'm sitting for more than four hours and doing something with people doesn't mean that I'm a bum and don't move. <laughs> like, that doesn't make me weak if I... And this is the thing, like, like, when I'm doing a role-playing game, whether I'm the character or the DM, I'm always standing up and getting into my character because it's all about acting, too. Like, especially the more you get into um, a role-playing game, the, the, far, the more you play it, the older you get with it and grow up with role-playing games, the more you get into the character side of it and stop being like, oh, well, I'm just going to hit the orc with my sword. And that's all you say. Like, you start getting into the motivations of characters, and especially when you want to be a creative, like, a fiction writer, that's invaluable. Role-playing games, as a being a character, it lets you understand character motivations in a way that you can't get anywhere else. Especially if you're doing it from a first person or exactly. inside someone's head. Yeah. It is very important to be able to do that, and that is a huge asset you can have is to put yourself on an RPG. Mm -hmm. And then, hold, hold up. Another yeah, thing I will say, though, if for um, parenting and stuff like that, if you're introducing your kids into role-playing... We always tend to get into parenting in this. Well, yeah, no, well, that's what we're trying to do is because kids will for sure enjoy that the oh, yeah. most. No, I'm just saying, like, in the entire yeah. podcast, the Christian artists, yeah. we always talk about parenting for some reason. Well, that's because that's the most important, like, job in history is parenting. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and that's what I'm saying here as well is this is, you know, a very important thing to do with your kids and specifically don't just make your kids like like what i was saying before you know make she's elsa and then she goes and freezes everybody yippee 
Like, don't do that. Encourage them to come up with their own stuff. Don't don't just be like, hey, you're Elsa again, and oh, you want to be this character? Or, you can be this character. I would say for sure that that introduces a lot of fun at the young age. Mm-hmm. But making them be creative in the way of, no, you, you make your own character this time. Mm-hmm. Like here, here, you know, whatever. And obviously, the older they get, the better they'll get yeah. at that. And so, you know, at the first, they'll be like, okay, I'll make my character, and he's going to be a wizard with a gray hat, but his <laughs> name is Randolph. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, That's inevitably going to happen. Yeah. And and I would say encourage that um, as take well. Take it one step at a time yeah. and say, take let's, let's make time. it a little bit different now. And encourage them to and encourage creativity, specifically. Encourage them to make up their own stuff, and every time they creatively come up with a solution, no matter how ridiculous it is, if they come up with an awesome solution uh, with with a hat, if they fix all the world's problems with a hat, let it happen because they made it up. Um, one of the things that me and Jared do all the time in RPG is we come up with like literally the dumbest thing ever. But it's so ingenious that it would work. Like a crazy plan. Yeah, a cra- just a crazy plan that nobody would expe- expect, and that's why it would work. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had um, a bag of holding, which is basically a bag where... It's like no an extra-dimensional pocket. An extra-dimensional pocket where no matter what you put in it, you know, you can. it's, it's a small bag, but you can just it's put like a, basically, loads of stuff Basically, if you watch Doctor Who, it's a TARDIS. Yeah, basically. It's a store-holder TARDIS. And so we've solved so many problems. Well, not really any of the, the problems in the campaign, but just, you know, all of our problems. Logistical like, problems. Yeah, logistical problems. Like, hmm, how do we steal as much gold from the city as possible oh. in this limited <laughs> amount of time? Put it in the bag of holding. Oh, and how- put me in the bag of holding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we right. totally did that. I sat in the bag of holding because I was super small. I was a super small character. And so I sat in the bag of holding, and I was invisible, so all I did was pick up stuff and put it in the bag. Wow. For like an hour. When did that happen? You don't remember that? No, I we don't. We went through the, the city, just just the city when we were buying stuff, and I just started stealing stuff because I was sitting in, in his bag. In Farshore? Yeah, in Farshore. Why would you do that in Farshore? Because we were about to leave. It's Lavinia's city, though. But we were just about to okay, leave. Okay, whatever. She would never hear about it. And this also brings up another point. You can talk. You, uh, you can really dig into morality in role-playing games. Oh, for sure. Like, you can, especially if you're, if you're talking about the parenting angle, you can Definitely. talk to your kids about yeah. the consequences of actions. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's like, let, hey, you can first, steal yeah, this if you want to, want, but then, it's a, yeah. you're probably going to get caught and arrested for it. I mean, you can, you don't even have to say that. Just be like, you want to steal that? Go ahead. All right, you get arrested. <laughs> what? Don't steal. That's what happens. <laughs> like, there's so much parenting that can go in anything. So being involved with something that fun with your kids is the ultimate learning experience. Mm-hmm. And even just being involved with your kids while they have fun, that not only says to them, hey, we like to have fun and we can have fun together as a family. Not only that, but you can teach them, and the more, you know, you the more time you spend with them, the more you can teach them. And if if you're doing something that fun with them, like family RPG sessions, who doesn't want that? I mean, come on, I guys. want it so badly. I wish I wish Dad and Mom were more interested in role playing yeah. games. It'd be great. Yeah. But yeah. But then the one time we tried to do it with Mom, she was a bard and she wouldn't stop singing in character all yeah. the time. She just. Like, Christy Powers just kept singing. Like, not not her character, 
No, she just kept singing while we were trying to explain to her why she didn't need to keep singing. <laughs> and then we had Grandma do it, and she didn't understand that her healing spell couldn't kill people. Yeah. Well, she thought that the only thing she could do was heal. Yeah. Because that's all we told her she could do, right. so we didn't have to explain everything to her, because that would have taken a while. We just said, yep. We are like, oh, Grandma, you have a sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, so... That basically closes it up. Uh, we've, we've, we've it's a very long episode. One last thing I do want to mention is that um, just general education. Role-playing games educate you. Not only on if you want to be a you know, creative fiction writer, want to understand stories more, want to problem-solve, whatever. Just uh, most of the big words that I learned are either through speculative fiction or role-playing games. And um, Reading the, through role-playing yeah. game book manuals. Teaches, teaches you so many big words. I know what dexterity means yeah. and constitution. <laughs> and specifically for Dungeons and Dragons, you there's a lot of math involved in Dungeons and Dragons. Like, there's a lot of math. There's a lot of math so, in basically any role-playing game. Yeah. If, so if you want to be better at math, play a role-playing yeah. game. If you want to be better at telling stories, play a role-playing game. If you want to have a bonding experience with your children, play a role-playing game. If you want a bonding experience with anybody, play a role-playing game. <laughs> because you Go have to date problem, play a role-playing game. You have to problem-solve yeah. in a role-playing game, and you'll get problem-solving skills. Like, I wish play, you could put on a, a resume, yeah. I played a role-playing game, and it would actually yes. get you a job. Well, no, that'd be yeah, dumb. That'd be stupid. That'd be really stupid. <laughs> no, but we're saying, like, like, no, seriously, though, you could go on a date with your girlfriend and play an RPG in which she's trying to get the girl. You, you, or, oh my gosh. You, you narrate a story where she's trying to get the guy. I mean, like, all you're doing is telling the story. That's fun. Yeah. Or you make it so that... I have to drag Anna into another yeah. role-playing game sometime, because yeah, the one like, we dragged her into before I did not work out oh, well. That was terrible. <laughs> um, no, but, like, even, even you could say, hey, one to six, six means turns out really well, one doesn't turn out well at all. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, I... And then you could do it together. Like, okay, so we do this. Okay, our relationship's starting to fade. And, like, you could literally just do anything. And it's the thing. There are so many weird, random role-playing games out there that you could totally find one that's about romance. Yeah. And it would be really fun. I mean, just a two-person romance RPG. That sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, that's amusing. Yeah. No, seriously, though. I I know. Just make a random rom-com through a... You're an RPG. That's great. That would be so fun. I know. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. But yeah, um, like you just roll to see what goes so wrong. So basically, <laughs> what we've been trying to do in this episode is tear down the stigma of role playing games. It's and not make, satanic. Uh, yeah. It's not antisocial. It's not unproductive. There are so many benefits to playing role playing games. It's just an imagination exercise, and it's so much fun. And I totally encourage you guys to play. Um, any system. Well, let's go through real quick and just um, talk about a few random systems that they might be interested in. Let's just name them, and then if they want to, they want to. No, no, I know, but let's just give like a one sentence explanation of like what they might be interested. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, Fate is a role playing game that's very, very simplified. Um, it's also very, very um, broad. Like you can play anything in it, and it, it just basically you roll four dice, and you know one and two means minus one, three and four means zero. Five and six means a plus one, and it's just that's the whole thing. It's you have different skills and whatever, but it's very very broad. You could basically fit anything in it. Then mm-hmm. you have Mistborn is one yeah. we've. Uh, I like the system the best. I think probably the best so far, simply because 
the, it's very dynamic. It's, like it's very dynamic, and it's very specific for Mistborn. Yeah. But we've used it in a bunch of different things because of the system of combat can also be used mentally and um, reputationally. So I can have a political debate, and it's also like combat, where I'm taking down your reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also that's very specific to the Mistborn system. So if you are interested yeah. in the Mistborn series, definitely pick up the Mistborn Adventure game. It's super fun. And then you have the hero system, which is basically as broad as, if even more so, than Fate, except it's very, very complicated. So if you do like a lot of math, hero system might be for you. You can basically make like literally anything in it and balance it well. Um, it's very, very rules-heavy. Dungeons and Dragons is basically just a dungeon crawl. Yeah, very um, focused on the, the classic fantasy setting. And not as much story unless you're going for Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons version 5.0. Yeah. I don't know why I was so specific with the wording there. Second edition, I think, is more focused on story, too. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's no, there's no game board, really. Yeah. It's just all in your head. So, um, another thing that um, well, there's a mouse guard, too, if you're yeah. interested in playing anthropomorphic mice. There's, for Dungeons & Dragons, I would say, or not Dungeons & Dragons, but just any role-playing game, usually when you make your character, you, whatever your skills or, um, you know, things you want to be good at, that defines what your character is. And in the Dungeons & Dragons 5.0, instead, it's whatever you want your character to be that decides what your skills are. Or what you know, what you're good at, right. what weapon you're good at, you know, any anything like that. So that that is something I also would, uh, we would also recommend to do with any RPG that you play, uh, what you know, like if it's a story RPG or whatever, is don't don't let people metagame. Make make try to make a story instead of metagaming, and that's what we've done. What we used to do for like years when we were kids, because I mean, all you want to do is be a better soldier, you know, and <laughs> be able to kill more arcs in one swipe, <laughs> but. uh yeah, so focus more on the, the character and the story. It, it, you know, as much as the other people you're playing with will let you, simply because that is what we have discovered is way more fun uh-huh. um, compared to just walking around and killing things. Yeah, but obviously if your kids just want to walk well, around yeah, and fight obviously. orcs, then okay, more yeah. power to them. Whatever, um, you know, whatever they enjoy. One last thing, one last game system, um, or two of them, I guess. Star Wars. Um, if you're interested in playing a Star Wars game, there are two very, very good systems. Star Wars... Um, Saga Edition, which is basically like a D20 um, role-playing game based on Star Wars, so it's very similar to Dungeons & Dragons, but, you know, Star Wars-focused. Um, but then there's also Star Wars D6, which is, I think, more fo- more story-focused. We're still figuring out all the kinks to it, and we're not entirely sure if we like it to the full extent yet, there, it's kind of confusing. Few, there are a few rules we don't understand yet, a few rules that don't work, so... And we, we might be under- yeah, we might least. be misunderstanding them, but yeah. But but yeah. those are two systems you might want to check out if you want to do Star Wars. And you probably will after you know Star Wars movie just came out. Yeah. Be, if you want to make another Star Wars movie by yourself or with other people, but you know, not with <laughs> or the, sitting in the not room. With by, Lucas I can give you can. Yeah, you can just sit in the room by yourself and just roll for all of the characters. Well, you could. I did that once. Probably take a long time though. It did. Yeah, I I ran through like some of the battles for Savage Tide just to see how. Balanced it was, they yeah. are, and it was just boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, all you're doing is rolling, and oh, that guy kills that guy. Oh, that's about it. But yeah, so this episode has gone long, so we'll probably just end it here. Um, 
I'll put I'll try to put as much of this in the liner notes as I can. I don't know how much I will just because it's a lot of stuff to put in the liner notes. Um, but I'll I'll try to put some links to the, the different role playing games you mentioned. Um, uh, uh, closing thought: If all else fails, just do a story RPG. Just have choose your adventure kind of. Yeah, thing. have people make characters, make interesting, unique characters, and then one person decides what happens based on what the people choose. Ooh, decide. one more system I want to mention based on that: Fiasco. Fiasco. Fiasco is a very very. If you are awesome. oh, for sure, if you were going to start playing RPG, try Fiasco. Try first. Fiasco first. Um, you be warned: there are some play sets that just kind of take. To, they take, take the scenarios it, into weird, like kind of inappropriate yeah. ways. But if you can find a good, like, there's so many different like play sets, is what they're called, like scenarios that you can run. They just find one that's clean and then run it. Because we the the two that we actually tried playing, we just were like, hey, what is this? This looks cool, and it's entirely clean. Okay, and um, so we we did like a whole Harry Potter esque kind of like magic school scenario that ended up being about time traveling goats. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we Whoa. did goats. I thought goats were satanic. Well, this is where I draw the line, Caleb. And there before that, any goats in our before RPGs. that, Maddie and Becca and I did two of them. One based on um, uh, a camp of college students where there was like a serial killer going around killing people. We had to find out who the murderer was. It's like a murder mystery. And then there's one other one that was like um, people are trying to bomb um, an airport, and we had to find out you know where the bombs were and stop them. Well, actually, two of us were the villains, <laughs> and we were the ones placing the bombs in the first place. Um, but basically, Fiasco is is the definition of a story RPG. Um, there is a, some dice rolling involved, but basically only to set up the situation. So basically, you have like all these different relationships to characters you can roll randomly. And you just kind of choose them all for other people or for yourself, and based on the die rolls. And then you just set up a situation, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna. It's my scene now. I'm gonna decide whether or not. I want to resolve the scene or set up the scene, and based on what you choose, either you get to end what this like. So you you have other people set up the scene for you. That means you get to end what happened. You have to decide how the scene ends, or you like um, okay, I want to um, set up the scene, and then other people have to decide how it ends. So in a simpler way, an example of that would be okay. So I wanted to, it's my turn. I can either decide to choose what I want to do, so I can be like. I want to accomplish this goal. I want to go on a romantic walk with my girlfriend through the flowery park. And, and, then and make it else. a good ending. Yeah. Because that's the thing. There's only can be two outcomes to each scene, positive or negative. Yeah. No, what I'm, what I'm, you're not making any sense. Either I decide that's what I want to do, and somebody else either decides that it ends well or it ends terribly. Oh, right. Or uh, not ends terribly, but either ends well or ends badly. Or well, They get to decide how terrible it is, though. Yeah. Or I just say, okay, you guys can make me do whatever I, whatever you want, but I get to decide what happens. Yeah. So setting up the scene versus resolving the yeah. scene. And so basically you just play out the entire game like that, and it's just a story. Like yeah. you just make up a story, and at the end you have these certain dice in front of you based on the positive and negative outcomes of what happened. And, that, so, and then you roll them all, and then that, that number based on the p colors of the dice, the positive and negative dice, it decides like what your final outcome for the story is. Um, but it's all just you know, like a story you just play out as like actors, so it's yeah. really really fun. And it only takes like three or four hours to do like an entire story. Yeah, it's actually a pretty short one compared mm -hmm. to compared know, to some actions, campaigns. Yeah. Can how long they can go on yeah. in one role playing game? Considering we've been doing one for five years. Yeah, five and a half years. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, we should probably just stop talking. We yeah. really should. This is this is I, the official end of the yeah. RPG. We just we, we could literally talk about this for hours. Did you say the official end of the RPG. The official end of the, <laughs> the uh, episode of the podcast. Um, simply because we could literally talk about this for hours really because could. we have spent years in love more with more than five RPG. and a half years. Yep, like ten years now. Yep. So yeah, more than ten years, like twelve, if, so, thirteen years. And the final point. We're just going to end after the sentence, okay? Play RPG. Play role-playing games. It's a better way of saying it. So you can, find us, on <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show and at, our, and at our website at ChristianArtistShow.com Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. What time? 10.30. 10.15.